welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, Episode 7. I am your host, Mystical Jericho, and once again, joining us, our co-host, John J. Wolf. How are you doing today, John? You know, I'm doing really good, man. I uh, I was really looking forward to this episode because you have a really good background on this one. You went to this one, so... I mean, this is one of those ones where I'm going to really be more of a listener than I am a talker. Sounds good. And uh, the show we are talking about today is the 4th of July show, the GCW's Backyard Wrestling Number 4. And uh comes from an undisclosed location, as we do not want to disclose the address or where the house was. It was a very, uh, it was a very nice house in the middle of nowhere in uh, Illinois. And... Um, it was a very cool house, very cool backdrop. Uh, me and the family, we flew down to St. Louis area for this. It wasn't in St. Louis. We had to drive about an hour and a half away. But uh, we drove up to the venue, found a nice little parking spot, and uh, had, a, of course, park right underneath a tree, which I was kind of afraid of <laughs> since it was all trees out there. But it was a very cool venue. The people that uh, had the house were very nice. We walked right up, seeing the wrestlers just in the house, enjoying their 4th of July day, having a couple mm-hmm. drinks, eating hot dogs and hamburgers. They had all that stuff for all his fans as well, which is very nice and very cool, especially it being so hot out there. I know we're going to talk about yeah. the heat later and how... not miserable my family thought it was miserable i like this being in vegas we have the dry heat out here and it's 115 i didn't mind the 98 degrees and humidity so that was nice (laughs) i liked it i like the heat i'd rather be humid and muggy than it is uh out here and dry so (laughs) but uh yeah it was fun fun venue we walked up and uh there's pools right there. Joey Janela's like sees uh, me, my wife, and my kid walk up, and of course we're big Jordan Oliver fans. We're wearing all of our different Jordan Oliver shirts, and he sees us and he's like, "Oh, look, it's the Jordan Oliver crew," and he's standing right next to Jordan <laughs> as he says it. So nice. that was pretty cool. Jordan said hi to the family, so like he always does, goes out of his way. We didn't want to bother him before the show because we know how uh, the the performers are before the show, getting ready for the yeah. matches. Yeah, so I was going to kind of ask you, too, about that. Where were they mostly? I mean, where was the quote unquote, you know, locker room area? Did everybody kind of stay away from the pool area, the house area? Was there, you know, an area they kind of quarantine off from everyone? There was zero quarantine. The only thing they quarantined <laughs> was the actual inside of the house. Uh-huh. They, uh, they didn't want all the people inside the house. And they had like family over and stuff, too, at the house. So they kept like all, all the wrestlers were allowed in the house and stuff like that. But the fans, they didn't really allow in the house too much. So where they were uh getting ready and all that stuff was actually in the driveway <laughs> right when you pull up the wrestlers were oh, out no there kidding. in the driveway getting ready getting uh since it's so hot, hot out like I said joey just got out of the pool right when we got there and later on he uh hopped back in the pool <laughs> we'll go over that yeah. near the beginning yeah. of his match but no the wrestlers were in the pool they're outside just having a good time just celebrating and talking with the fans talking with each other catching up and it was very cool seeing that and there was only about maybe 75 people there for fan wise since it was the invite only like you couldn't buy tickets obviously anywhere so they opened it up to the patreon which was kind of cool because a couple days prior they announced before they announced on patreon where hey if you're at this level and you want to go just send us an invite and we'll put you on the list and um it was pretty cool yeah. see, like seeing the fans there like hey we're choosing to do it like they didn't open it up for all the fans so it was pretty cool intimate uh setting 
everyone had to bring their own lawn chair and stuff. We had to go buy Walmart lawn chairs before the show, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We didn't uh, pack that on our air, on our flight to St. Louis. But, Did those uh, get donated? The, the chairs? What happened? So I had plans in my head. I wanted to talk to like, brett or joey or somebody like before the show started like hey we bought these three chairs they're like six dollars each we're not taking them back on the flight i wanted to like tell brett and ask if it was okay like hey if you guys want to use this at some point near the end of the car so that way at least maybe my family could sit down like hey during the main event if one of your wrestlers want to use our chair as a weapon so to say yeah uh, i wanted to make that available yeah Yeah, that would have been great and uh your son probably would have loved that too Yes, I, I, of course, chicken down on it. I didn't want to intrude or say like, hey, if you want to make your show better, use our chair. So I kind of <laughs> kept to myself and we ended up uh, leaving those chairs in the back seat when we returned to the rental car. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, you know what? Bonus. Yeah. Bonus for someone. Yeah. And it sounds like it was, I wouldn't say typical, but typical when it comes to uh, fan interaction with everybody. The wrestlers are right there. Everybody was, it sounds like, I mean, between pictures and what you're saying, it was uh it was a great experience for the lucky few, huh? Yes, it was. Yeah. And like luckily all the fans that were cool. They had the pool area there where the, the fans were swimming too, and like the the wrestlers, everybody was swimming. So um of course, uh before <laughs> right when the event started, my son right away is like, Oh, it's too hot out. I want to jump in the pool. So like yeah. right when uh my wife was about to take him to the pool, Jordan Oliver comes out to start the night off and to start the show. So we had to say, yeah, hey, sit back down. Let's watch Jordan first. And then you could go back in the pool later after Jordan's uh, match. Yeah. So the whole freaking show was coming out for you guys. You don't want to miss that. Yes. So the, the, pretty much the reason we were there is how they started off the show. And of course, I was there just to enjoy all the action and kind of interact with the wrestlers, too, which I did a little bit. Not as much as my son did. And I'll go over. That's what happened <laughs> with him after his little first match that we sat and watched Jordan. But uh, he uh, seemed to have the better time out of the three of us going to the show as he got to sit at the pool and interact with the wrestlers and stuff like that. So, Did, did they have a place kind of lined off so you could... Uh... What I'm saying is I saw where there was still kind of like an invisible line where a lot of the people had their chairs. Did they have a specific area? They said, hey, guys, this is our quote unquote play area. We'd like for you guys to stay back or. No, we pulled up and like there's already people there. They were smart enough because they probably live closer, have tents and coolers and all that stuff. And yeah. they just were we already we got there. There's people already set up and everywhere. So we just kind of went to a place where we weren't going to be sitting in front of anybody and blocking mm-hmm. their view since we're all sitting in lawn chairs anyway. But no, there was no place like the uh, as people are still showing up after we got up, they started lining up as you could see on their quote unquote hard cam, where the yeah. soybean. Uh, their soybean little farm was where it started. The fans started sitting over there, which is closer to the ring, closer yeah. to the trampoline, as KG likes to call it. And they started like sit, moving their way closer <laughs> to the ring as the show, right before the show started. They as the fans started coming, in, they started sitting down that way. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, no one like was intrusive. No one blocked each other from the view. It was a very fun show. A lot different atmosphere. Obviously, being outside and being an invite only thing. Normally, mm-hmm. at GCW shows, you got the rowdy, crazy, raucous. We're here to see some crazy shit. While at the mm-hmm. backyard wrestling, they all showed up. Like, hey, we're all just chilling. It's Fourth of July. Have a couple drinks. Enjoy the show. Go talk to the wrestlers. So it was a lot laid more laid back environment which i enjoyed myself especially bringing my son and my family there they didn't have to be around all that ruckus that usually occurs at gcw shows yeah the uh, the memories man 
I was talking to my son. I go, dude, we've got to go over there and just make some memories because, I mean, you could see four, five, six shows, let's just say over the next year or two, but you only see one backyard once a year and to be able to be lucky enough to go to it. I mean, that's going to stick in the memories for, you know, for you and your families. That's so cool. Yeah, we went there for like just the appeal of going to a 4th of July backyard wrestling show from GCW. Like we would never fly to St. Louis probably on our own and seeing all that stuff. So it was kind of a good reason for us to get out and travel. And yeah. like I was saying, like it was invite only. So we got the, I was talking about it a couple of days prior before the invite even got sent out to everybody. It was like, that'd be so cool if they open it up to the GCW game changers on their Patreon. Shout out to yeah. GCW Patreon. Go subscribe. Yes. Uh, Please do. So I was like, that'd be so cool if they invited like the highest level game changer Patreon people, like they give them the first shot of, Hey, you guys want to come to the show and invite us or and like they invite us and stuff. I was like, that'd be so cool for it to happen. And then two days later it happened. And like, I freaked out. I'm like, Hey, 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 like you want to go? Like it was within a week's notice. So it was not a big notice. It was like within a week. We're like, okay, we're going to St. Louis. We're going on 4th of July. Let's get our travel plans all set up. So the rush of getting it all set up was a little stressful, but not really because we're going to see a GCW show. So it made it kind of all worthwhile and all fun. And then you were saying that you were trying to get as much video and photos as you can on your camera or in your phone, but it was a little hot too, huh? Yes, I got some good pictures and some good videos, and I'll be talking about some of the videos during the matches that I got. But unfortunately, being at 96 degrees out there, 97, it was hot. It didn't break quite 100, but it was like right there. And me having my phone out, trying to record video and all the cool stuff, uh, my phone overheated on some of these videos, so I didn't record. <laughs> get some memories, like my, a couple of my favorite ones, unfortunately, uh, got deleted. But uh, yeah. I got very good pictures, what I needed to, especially after the show with some of the wrestlers and stuff like that. And we'll go over all that. But it was overall, it was a very fun show. I'm very glad we went. Uh, I know the family wish it wasn't as hot, but luckily yeah. he had a swimming pool to go swimming in to keep him preoccupied. And my son or my wife had uh, the misters. They had like a little tent with misters right over by the pool area as well. So oh, as nice. she was watching him swim, she stayed cool underneath the misters and she also got to interact and talk with some of the wrestlers so that was pretty fun okay so um because you were saying kind of overall uh just to kind of wrap it up i do have a couple questions here because i'm thinking kind of like um well you know i know you so i'm able to ask a lot of these questions before we even got on air but there might be some people who still kind of have some questions about the experience number one because i'm a big guy i think about this stuff did they take care of you really well when it comes to food and water and, you know, making sure you have a little something sugary to drink and, you know, kind of did they kind of really take care of you that so you're not out there dying or having to go get $100 worth of groceries before you show up? Yeah. So what they did yeah. is they didn't charge any ticket prices for us. They mm -hmm. just charged like a set amount for to cover the food and to cover the drinks that their the house was providing for okay. all the fans and all the wrestlers and all that stuff. So it wasn't a ticket price, but it was like, they did charge us a little amount for food, but it was unlimited. Like my son went up and had like two hamburgers and we were able to go up there and grab a beer, grab a water, grab a Gatorade whenever we wanted to. No questions. It was, they were very accommodating with the fans, especially with the heat and everything. And, and like I said, the food, like they, we had plenty of food. Like I went up at the, near the end of the event and I grabbed a hamburger and stuff, but my son was, throughout the day hey, hamburger at the beginning hamburger after swimming and of course it being so hot i went up there quite a few times for waters and gatorades but they yeah. were very accommodating with the the food and drinks for sure 
Okay, then I'll give you the last question because I, I already know the answer, but I think it's just a great question in case someone did want to ask. Would you do it again? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do it again. Uh, we would learn our lesson, obviously. So if it's somewhere in the Midwest again during the Fourth of July weekend, mm -hmm. definitely buy some. Uh, what was that? Was that spray bug off or buzz off or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mosquito spray. <laughs> yes, definitely. That will be our next investment. We did buy some sunscreen, luckily, because we knew like right when we landed and we spent one day before the show and we realized how kind of hot it was and muggy. Yeah. So we were able to buy sunscreen and all that stuff. But yes, I would absolutely do it again. Um, it was fun. It was a, one of those rare GCW shows where I think you can bring a kid if you're going to sit front row anywhere close to the action as it, while well, <laughs> in GCW fashion, it does get crazy. There was no crazy light tubes or any of that stuff or right next to the fans where they, we know like we could almost get hit with it since we sit right, right there by the wrestlers. But yeah. So this being like in a house, I knew they wouldn't get too crazy. I knew, hey, we could sit wherever we want. So that's why we kind of sat far back where we did anyway, because yeah. we wanted to kind of, we had a good, perfect view of everything, but we just didn't want to get too close to the action, even though the action went right by us. It wasn't too crazy with my son being there. Yeah. And it sounded like your son at least had a play area between the yard and between the pool, man. He was, he was entertained. Oh yeah. Like I said, he uh, probably had the best weekend out of all of us. I even got a, uh, got jealous here and you'll hear why at the end or not, not the end, but coming up here soon. And he likes to, since we've been back there, he wants to tell all his friends. And every time we talk about St. Louis, he talks about how jealous I got because, uh, he got to have the better interactions with the wrestlers than I did, but at least I enjoyed myself very much. So of course I had, with just starting the podcast right around that time, I of course had hopes of maybe grabbing wrestlers for an interview or not setting them, not doing an interview that day, but maybe, Hey, in the future, can I contact you? I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't want to get intrusive with the wrestlers. They're all just here to have a good time and put on a show for all of us at a backyard show. You, I yeah. didn't know if how they're getting paid for the show. I've always kind of wondered all that stuff, it, it being a backyard show and they're not really charging ticket prices. So I didn't want to sit there and like, Hey, you're doing this show. I don't know how you're getting paid, but you want to do another show like on our podcast with this. So I didn't, I stayed away from that kind of stuff, but yes, it was very enjoyable for myself. My wife seemed to have had a good time and my son seemed to have the best time out of all of us. So awesome. Yes. So before we go over the first match of the evening, I just kind of wanted to give a little uh, viewer's perspective since I was there before it happened on live on Fight TV. But uh, before they put up the stream on Fight TV like 10 minutes prior, they brought Brett the fireworks mm -hmm. and uh, he post posted one on the ring apron to kind of see how it would go because I'm thinking he was going to use it for the opening uh, pyro of the show. And as he lit it, it started shooting off just fine. But then a couple seconds into it, all of a sudden it fell onto its side. And I don't know if someone bumped into it or if the pressure <laughs> from the fireworks made it fall onto its side. But then the fireworks started spraying at the fans, started spraying at the production area. And like, like I said, Nick Gage walking up to the production area as that was happening. was like, what the fuck, Brett? What's going on? <laughs> so he was uh, like, what am I getting myself into here doing the commentary for Backyard Wrestling? But luckily they found out their mistake. And then when the show went live on Fight TV, that same firework was uh, lit again and everything went off just as well, <laughs> just as good as hoped for a GCW Backyard Wrestling show. Yeah, imagine if they hit the air and then that shit. Yeah, just fans, just fans running and scattering. Yeah, welcome to the show. 
Yes, like I said, like I was nervous for my family, like for a little bit during those fireworks. But I know I've seen past GCW backyard shows, and I know they get kind of crazy with the fireworks of shooting yeah. at each other, even though the fans are right behind and everything. So I was a little nervous there, but I, I ultimately felt fine. I was like, "Hey, we're far enough away where if anything does happen, it's gonna that fireworks gonna hopefully die before it gets to us." So it was an interesting way to start off the show, but luckily they recovered and set off the right pyro for the beginning of the night. Yeah, they must have just figured you weren't loud enough. That, that too. Yeah, they got—they oh, yeah. definitely had a screaming, that's for sure. <laughs> so the first match of the evening was Jordan Oliver making his, uh, sorry, going up against making his GCW debut in Hunter Drake. And uh, Hunter Drake trains with Jordan Oliver. So this was an interesting matchup there. And um, GCW's debut, Hunter Drake, he did a very fine job. Jordan, uh of course, did a very awesome job as well during the match. They uh, did a cool little like what they always do is the backyard or the the backdrop. The, mm -hmm. They lifted him up for a vertical backdrop. Jordan lifted Drake, and then of course they're right by the rope. So Drake falls to the outside, but still holds on to Jordan. Jordan holds on oh, and goes yeah. tumbling outside. And that just I just remember that spot specifically because I remember turning to my wife and saying like. It being a GCW backyard wrestling show and there only being 75 fans here, they don't have to do any crazy stuff like that. But that no. just shows you the passion and like the desire to put on a good match at any time, at any place for anyone that the GCW roster has. And I just remember thinking that just that spot specifically to start off the night for me is like, yeah, these guys are going to go 100%. It doesn't matter where it's at, who's watching in person. They realize, hey, we're still on Fight TV that there's being broadcast to possibly thousands and thousands yeah. of people. Yeah, I uh, I had a couple things I kind of remembered from the show. First of all, you kind of brought it back up to me, though, that that flip over the top there that that went. Every time I see that move executed, it's kind of it, it looks really dangerous. Yeah, I, th I thought the thing about the Canadian Destroyer until I kind of see I found out about the mechanics of it. But every time I see that move, man, if that's not executed properly on both sides, it could get real nasty real quick. Um, that takes a lot of trust. I know it all takes trust, but that one especially. Whew. Um, what else do I remember here? The, the Hamburglar, Adam Galt, our referee. <laughs> they kept calling him the Hamburglar. I thought that was so cool. It was a nice little, I guess, just a backyard kind of thing. You know, it wasn't official. It was more fun. And he dresses like that at every single backyard show. And I remember the first time I watched one of the GCW backyard shows and seeing Adam Galt with the shorts, I'm like, if I was ever referee, that would be my outfit. That would help me stand <laughs> out. Even though like, you don't want to take the focus away from the wrestling and you're just there to make sure everything goes right as a referee like i just thought that was a cool way of a little not branding for himself but like oh mm -hmm. if i was a referee i'd want to do that because it's comfortable he's still able to do his job but hey remember remember that referee that was in the shorts like it's a memorable yeah. feeling yep. as a ref like uh, outfit as a ref like where people can remember you by as like we went to uh fsw show out here we remember um Oh, well, I forgot his name. The, he wears the red. The uh, yes, the red suspenders. He always oh, wears uh, those red suspenders. But like, it's a memorable thing. We got in New Japan, red shoes, red shoes. He always wears his red yep. shoes. It makes them mem the being. Yeah, it just makes them pop. Yeah. It's, it's one of a kind. Yes. One of a kind. Yeah. The, speaking of forgetting, they forgot to ring the, the opening bell. Again. And, and then the other thing that was a real big issue, and I want I wanted kind of, I wanted to talk about this only because it affected every single match. It was the temperatures. Uh, KG at the beginning of the show he said that the mat temperature was 115. The 
rings at the ringside, the mid nineties. And then he said, with the humidity, the heat index was 104. So everybody out there was cooking and anybody who was busting their ass in that ring was really cooking. Yes. Me just sitting there watching them. I was sweating and I'm not yeah. even being active. I like watching these wrestlers, like before the show even started, I was like, these matches can't go that long. Cause it's so hot out here. And especially like them laying on the mat, as you said, like that mat is just collecting heat all day long. And I could imagine that the temperature in that mat had to be, yeah, you said 115. That sounds about right. And you even being down for a three count, like that's going to burn your back and stuff like that. So I was interested to see how they would, uh, work around the heat. And luckily Jordan brought his own water bottle out. And of course they stayed hydrated during this match. And I was like that throughout the night. They, the wrestlers were staying hydrated and getting drinks here and there whenever they could. You know what? I was wondering, I was going to ask you about this. Um, Sometimes I've seen some companies will take like a bucket of ice and then they'll put waters in it. Did you see them drinking anything from underneath? Did they have like a bucket? Okay. I was just wondering. I know it's like a weird question, but. Yeah, I don't think I saw um, per se, but like right when you said that, I think I remember them maybe possibly like right at the beginning. It could be for the fireworks, the water, Mm -hmm. the bucket of water for the fireworks, just in case something went out of hand. Yeah. uh, Learn from past mistakes and don't want to catch that heat again <laughs> no pun intended but uh yeah, yeah they yeah. had they i did see them right before the show started put a bucket and maybe it did have waters underneath there for the wrestlers but i think it was there for the fireworks for like after the fireworks of pyro for them to either put the fireworks in to put the fire out or if something happened with the fireworks use that water to put that fire out as well yeah but, uh, go ahead and tell me the, the ending of this because I know this is the part that you like so much. Who won that? So, of course, thank goodness, Jordan won. He puts his <laughs> protege away, Hunter Drake. He hits him with the clout cutter and then uh, hits him with a nice stiff power bomb for the one, two, three count. And then, so of course, after this match ends, my son decides he wants to go up and have his little swim party. So he runs up there and goes <laughs> swimming. My wife is up there watching him to make sure everything's all right. And right after the match is over, my son's already in the pool within five minutes. Jordan's standing there right next to him, sitting there talking <laughs> to him. Like they got like a perfect view. So where the pool was too, it's like 10 feet away from the ring. All that was blocking mm-hmm. them was a little like rocks and a little fence, but you could still see right through the fence of everything. So my son actually had the, probably the best spot of the night watching the next match. But we'll figure. He, yeah. yeah. And he gets to sit there and talk with Jordan about his match. And Jordan, like, is at first standing there talking to him. And then, like, oh, let me just sit down and sits down and lays down next to the pool and, like, talking to my son, wow. watching the next match. So that's where uh, my son likes to rub it in. He gets a, he had a nice conversation with Jordan. And I'm sitting here watching the show to myself, wishing I was in my son's position of talking with Jordan and uh, <laughs> watching the show at probably the better, best angle out of anybody there watching it. So. That's uh, where I started to become jealous of my son. And as he's watching the that, those matches, he stays up there for the rest, pretty much the next half of the show, for the next hour. And Joey Janela comes and starts talking to him. And Joey Janela walks oh, my wife and starts talking nice. to him. And then after our next match, uh, the four-way, Alec Price had his match. My son watched him. And then as soon as Alec Price was in his match, went up to him to talk to my son in the pool. So, oh, yeah, my son's I, in the pool right next to Hoodfoot, who's still recovering from his cut, uh, suffered at dead on arrival, I believe it was. and But uh-huh. he's still chilling in the pool, cooling down. And my son's just right next to him, talking with all these other wrestlers. So, yeah, my son uh, had the best seat of the house that night. Wow. And, you know, kind of off to the side, you just mentioned Hoodfoot. I was really surprised to hear that he was there. That's really cool that he was. Does that make me think that maybe he was going to be part of that show somewhere? 
There I'm was a, there was a couple uh, wrestlers there that did not perform. Um, okay. I don't know if they were, they didn't really announce anything until the day of like maybe mm-hmm. like two hours prior. They just started putting out like the, the pictures online of them, of what uh, personalities the wrestlers are going to be using for that night. But okay. there were a couple different wrestlers that were there that we normally see on GCW programming that seemed to be just there since they were on the loop to, as you said, they were possibly going to be put on that card, but due to injury or due to some other thing or, they just weren't booked for the show and they just sat there and enjoyed themselves and they helped make sure the show ran properly and everything too. So that was kind of cool seeing wrestlers that didn't participate in the show, uh, still hanging out and supporting GCW. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you had seen the most recent pod or heard the most recent podcast with Alex Cologne. He said that was one of the top two or three injuries that he's seen in in wrestling and that's that's a lot of experience talking right there yeah that's saying a lot coming from cologne because he's seen i know we talked off camera i believe it was jimmy lloyd taking the scissor board through the through the throat and he's been there through the g raver incident and alex cologne has seen it all so for him to say that's one of the top three injuries that's pretty uh crazy but also shows the heart that hoodfoot still wanted to finish that match yeah the heart heart that hoodfoot has where no no injury is going to keep him from ending the night and ended the show early. So it was fun seeing, like I said, those wrestlers that weren't booked on the show as well. For the second match of the evening, we have a four-way match consisting of Alex Smith, a.k.a. Alec Price, going against the Chad, Ty Hill, going against the Ariel Crow, a.k.a. Dylan McKay, and then they are finishing off the four-way match going against Vampiro, which is just Facade as the Vampiro gimmick. And (laughs) Facade definitely comes out living this Vampiro gimmick, coming out, spraying fireballs at everyone, thinking he's Chris Jericho the wizard. He's going to (laughs) throw fireballs at everyone. So it was kind of fun seeing Facade in that... uh, and that personality and uh, gimmick come out. This is like the first match of the night where they really start coming out as their different gimmicks and personalities that in typical GCW wrestling form, they always come out with a different name and a different gimmick for the backyard wrestling shows. And this was the first time we really got to see that. And uh, I was interested to see uh, how Dylan McKay and Alex Price, I'm going to I'm not going to say Smith because I'll keep on messing that up, but <laughs> seeing uh, Dylan McKay and Alex Price as being two future stars that they kind of frequently are being um, given the platform on the JCW mm-hmm. uh, brand. I was interested to see how these two would go uh, uh, mesh well with Vampiro Facade and Ty Hill. What do you think of this yeah. match, Sean? Um, okay overall impression there was no slow movement or dragging whatsoever there was always something going on uh lots of combos lots of flips one of the things i do remember is that we had an aerial crow 630 twist right through the door i thought that was really awesome uh there was another one i want to kind of touch on it but i want you to explain it it was the vampiro uh fireball situation that was going on Please tell me live how that was. So, of course, uh, the match started off. They all do their crazy aerial stuff. These are all four crazy and creative high flyers. So they all did their crazy uh, death-defying moves from the top rope to the outside. And I believe it was Ty Hill when he did one of his little top rope flips to everyone on the outside. Like, Mm -hmm. no one, they kind of, he went right right through where they were going to catch him. So he kind of, like, missed the catch. And he landed, like, face first onto a bunch of rocks, which is kind of scary seeing on the stream, but in person, too. But he recovered, and, like, he was 
didn't even show like he landed on rocks, which is pretty crazy because he landed head first onto the rocks. But uh, so they did all their crazy high flying stuff, as you said. Dylan McKay did the six thirty twist through the door, which every time he does that, that crazy like cannonball style, like I just always think like, how does he control his body to land it yeah. perfectly every single time? Love but, it. Yeah, they all like go from the outside, then they start coming near where I'm sitting. They start uh, to the people next to us. They had a towel laid out right right in front where they were sitting, and um. They start like doing different body slams onto the towel, and then everyone's yeah. like, "That's not your towel." And then KG goes, "That's not your towel. You can't mess with that." Which is, of course, <laughs> KG bringing the importance of the matchup, which I love hearing him do, especially during these backyard shows. But uh, yeah, they start like wrestling near us, and then they go to like a little area, which is like the they have a shed out in the back on by some big trees. And like before the show even started, like me and my wife were kind of like, Oh, we're kind of in a safe area. They won't do any fireworks or things over in this area. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Boy, were we wrong. So, uh, <laughs> the fatal four way ends up making its action near the shed. Um, they start placing up and teasing a, uh, door spot they put two doors or put a door by in between two chairs and right mm-hmm. by the shed so it's kind of teasing that someone's going to be jumping off of a uh, top from the shed onto the door but uh vampiro kind of sneaks away from the action he climbs up to the top of the shed um dylan mckay ends up uh, finding out where he is climbs up with them uh-huh. they have a nice little back and forth up there and then vampiro busts out the aerosol can and the lighter again and blows a fireball that engulfs the aerial crow <laughs> in dylan mckay and yeah. mouse big shout out to mouse with the perfect picture he took the best picture on twitter please go check that out and you can see exactly uh what we're talking about dylan mckay even tweeted i was like guys I'm on fire right now, like saying, no, I'm on a roll. No, I'm literally on fire. So I kind of, <laughs> kind of made fun of himself there. And it was a perfect picture. I took good video of that. And that's when I started to notice uh, the overheating on my video. But luckily, I was able to catch good yeah. video of the moment that uh, facade blew the fireball onto Dylan McKay. And then Dylan McKay crashes through the door. And then Alex Smith, a.k.a. Alex Price, uses his little sneaky ways and ends up taking the pin from facade and gets the one, two, three on aerial crow for the victory. But that fireball spot, it was the highlight of the match for me. And it was one of the most talked about. I know on Twitter for that match of, uh, online that everyone was talking about. Yeah. Even as a fan of all that stuff, I was looking at that and I I looked at my wife, I go, that fireball is just a touch too damn big. And, and it, as it was going on, I was seeing it and I'm like, it's a little too, I mean, at the time I'm going, it's a little too much. Luckily, everything was good. I was checking his hair as he was falling. I was looking for smoke. I was looking for fire, you know, and he's uh, I mean, he does what he does as a professional. But wow, what a spot, even for people like us who watch wrestling all the time. It was a nice little treat. Yeah. And seeing that kind of up close in person, like the only time I really seen fire in wrestling like that up and close, like I sat through front row, like right in the corner when uh, Jordan threw Atticus. Uh, he shall not be named. My bad. Uh, threw him through the glass during their barbed wire death match and like seeing when they lit up the the table on fire that way that that was a creative way to light up a table or a door mm-hmm. I should say I've never seen them do that spot like how they lit up the door I've never seen them do it that way which is awesome to see but 
feeling like when you that fire like goes up in flames you definitely yeah. feel it no matter where you're sitting close to that area like you feel the flames like there ain't no hiding and being safe on that one it's just like nope he's on fire and being right close to dylan as he got lit on fire was pretty crazy seeing that close mm. and i was like i said surprised to see because of the trees and everything there uh how kind of not reckless or whatever but how they didn't care about the trees. They're going to put on their show no matter what. And that was a crazy <laughs> spot to see right up close in person. Wow. For the third batch of GCW's Backyard Wrestling 4, we had Dak the Destroyer, a.k.a. Bradley Prescott, going up against Pizza Cat Jr., a.k.a. Billy Starks. And this was a nice, fun little comedy match here. They uh, Dak the Destroyer comes out with his headstrong, with his manager. Pizza Cat comes out on her mask, and she's carrying a pizza, which is a frozen tombstone <laughs> pizza. And that will get incorporated into the match here uh, near the end. But it was a nice, fun, silly match. Nice uh, way to kind of show the GCW crowd, like, hey, we don't always have to be serious. We could have a little fun here. This was a nice, fun yeah. match between these two. Yeah, uh, there was a couple things that I remember. This was really a short match. So, I mean, we're talking eight minutes here, maybe eight and a half minutes. The Joey Janela uh, entrance that we're going to talk about later was over seven minutes. So, I mean, this match was fairly quick compared to that. It was also the quickest match there, the shortest match of the night time-wise. I do remember it was kind of cool just because I've never personally seen it. Uh, Billy Starks is Pizza Cat and Pizza Cat coming out with a frozen pizza and then eventually finding out that it's a tombstone pizza and they actually perform a tombstone on the tombstone pizza where we eventually hear commentary yell, that's the hardest part of the pizza, which I think was Allie. Yes. Um, so, I mean, past that, I just thought it was kind of funny that we ended up hearing Headstrong being played mid-match because of Lauderdale and his phone. And yeah, and um, primarily that's why I wanted to kind of toss it over to you because I wanted to talk about those chops and it went through your area, I believe. Yes, uh, Pizza Cat ends up taking Dak outside and has his arms behind him. And as she's holding him, she ends up taking him up and down everybody that's uh sitting there watching the show she takes them down and they all get their chance to be part of the show and chop Dak, which was pretty funny it came near me uh i didn't do any chops it just kind of yeah. kind of by me but then kind of went right past me which was uh all right by me i was kind of wishing my son was still there because uh he's in wrestling school and just the week prior they were teaching him the correct way to do chops so that that would be oh. a pretty cool way for him to practice on a actual oh, professional yeah. wrestler on this show but he was too busy enjoying his conversations with everyone else in the pool and staying nice and cool. So he was not able to partake in the fan chops, but it was kind of fun seeing a uh, mouse mouse got a little chop in. Um, MLJ, yeah, that was cool. MLJ with his little karate form did a little chop on him. So it was, uh, it was fun <laughs> seeing everyone get the little chops in and stuff, but this was a fun, nice comedy match there. Got everyone part of the show. And, um, Dak ends up winning with the 450 off the top and pinning Pizza Cat for the victory. For our fourth match of the evening, we have a four corners elimination match between the drunk uncles consisting of Manders, Alex Cologne, Mayday Jack Radrick, and everybody's lovable favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. Going against Team Yoya, which consisted of the Cambodian dragon himself, Yoya. Hello, hard body. 
Mike Janetti, which is Mike Swanson, and the Tarzanian Devil. And this match started off uh, pretty fun. We had the drunk uncles all coming out uh, separately, but they all come out doing like the little drunk uncles as everyone's favorite uncles they want to talk to at parties. They came out as very interested in seeing uh, Alex Cologne in a GCW backyard wrestling show, as I believe this is the first time <laughs> I've seen him in a, uh, a backyard show, which was pretty interesting to see as he normally likes to do uh, the more serious stuff. It was kind of fun seeing him dip his toes into the little comedy match here that they kind of had, but this was a pretty fun match. Uh, what do you think about the beginning of this match, John? Okay. The beginning. Um, Here we go. So Yoya tried to lift Manders right off, right off the bat. Everybody was still in the ring. All six guys were in there. He tries to lift him, doesn't even move him. Manders finds it a little bit comical after he fails, and then he kind of pats Yo-Yo on the head. That didn't go well. Yo-Yo got pissed off real bad. So he starts kicking the shit out of pretty much everybody on the uh, Drunk Uncles team. Then he turns, starts kicking the shit out of his own team and the ref. It was a great Hulk out moment. It was more comedy than anything. Everybody was having a blast. And then somebody right out of the, somebody in the booth said, hashtag, let's go yo-yo. So I really thought that was cool. It was just one of those things where it was at the moment. I know those guys planned it. It was something I don't think I've seen before where the ref was included in the ass beating. Um, there was also a 15 foot jump by Radrick, or I'm sorry, uh, Mayday Jack off of a truck. It was a hell of a nice spot. He was uh, he was the only spot of the afternoon there that stayed in the ring for that match. So I wondered if you maybe heard anything on your end since you were there live and had a much better perspective than I did. So seeing Yoya body slam everybody was hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> and then especially after like he tried lifting Manders up, the Manders did himself he's like see this is how you do it and then he kind of felt bad and like tony deppin's like slam the shit out of him slam the shit out of him once again going back to the little uh rivalry between uh yo-ya not yo-yo not throw ya yo-ya <laughs> and tony deppin uh, uh -huh. which was kind of fun seeing that part and then um yeah that's where yo-ya goes crazy starts body slamming everybody body slams the ref and his own teammates which was uh yeah like you said i never saw that before um i believe too like i could even hear nick gage because we could still hear the commentary uh throughout mm -hmm. most parts of this evening um it was pretty funny hearing once again nick gage calling a yo-yo yo-yo and um <laughs> yeah so after uh the ratty daddy made a Jack himself jumped off the truck, uh, started a nice little holy shit movement or chant. Sorry. And then when they kind of got the action back into the ring and became more of a normal four on four yeah. elimination match, um, Alex Cologne made his way in and like did like five moves. And then he's like, I'm blown up already. Cause they've been all been drinking beforehand. And he came in thinking this was like, Hey, this is going to be easy match. We never heard of any of these other people on team Yoya. So Alex Cologne kind of thought this would be a night off for him. So he got blown up real fast. He tried getting out of the ring, tried tagging Tony, and Tony's like, I don't want in that shit. <laughs> so yeah. um, seeing that was pretty yeah. funny. Then the chant started once Manders got uh, in control and in the ring, as he was in the ring for the most part of this match. Um, and there was like, yeah, we had the shuck him up, Manders, shuck him up instead of fuck him <laughs> up. So that was pretty fun. We had, uh, instead of you fucked up, when I think it was Yoya or Hardbody tried uh, 
started chopping Manders and Manders no sold it. Everyone all standing, started chanting, you shucked up, you shucked up. <laughs> it was a lot of a uh, corn okay. heavy uh, chants going. My favorite one, which is not really rated a PG-13 or even rated R here, but uh, mm-hmm. started calling back to a famous website. And uh, Manders like this chant. It was a chant of corn hub. And oh, uh, yeah. everyone started saying corn hub, <laughs> corn hub. And Manders turned and looked at us and was like, I'm putting that on a shirt. Thank you for my next piece of merch. So, yeah, that picked up on the mic, too. Yeah. Him acknowledging that chant was pretty fun. I remember seeing it, watching it back after uh, being there in person, watching it back. I'm glad it did catch up, catch up on that chant. But it did miss miss some of the other chants. But Manders was definitely probably the funnest match of the night because all mm-hmm. the chance that we were all starting for him and he seemed to enjoy it and loved to uh, get the feedback from the crowd on that. And if he listens to the crowd, he's got at least four new merch items just from this match alone. So it was all, uh, it was a very fun match. Um, all eight men did grab a beer and start drinking in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had hard body Janetti and the Tasmanian devil getting eliminated all at the same time. Cause as this match was going on, they announced it was going to be an elimination match and it kind of, about three fourths yeah. of the match, no one got eliminated yet. So we were yeah. like, "What's going to happen here?" Yeah, you know, I was actually really happy though that I mean, this was we're talking almost a twenty-minute match, and I was kind of okay. Part of me is happy it stayed in the ring because every now and then, outside of all the chaos and the violence, it's really nice to see a real wrestling match. It's really rare to see. Sometimes you have to go to other companies sometimes to see where all those boots actually stay on the outside of those ropes. And I know it's rare. I know it's rarely seen in backyard wrestling, but it it was it was a nice break in between all the rest. Yes. And like I said, this was a fun match. Um, After pretty much Team Yoya gets eliminated, it's Team Yoya going against uh, the Drunk Uncles four on one. And as uh, Manders is too busy celebrating, I believe he was the one who eliminated the rest of Team Yoya. And then as he's celebrating with the rest of the Drunk Uncles, I think the Radrick, uh, Cologne, and Tony Deppin turn around and Manders is still celebrating. And then uh, Yoya hits a flying crossbody from the top rope and ends up pinning all three of uh the drunk uncles except manders so it left just yoya and manders in the ring one-on-one but it's pretty funny here's uh, another little spot that i saw being there in person was after cologne deppin and radrick get eliminated they start walking to the fans and they come over right next to us where like earlier in the uh, <laughs> card where the fatal four-way there's body slamming the people onto the towels. They go up to those people. They hand uh-huh. uh, Deppin, they hand Cologne, and um, what's his name? Don't Manders? Oh, Matt, uh, R- Radrick, a beer. And they're all, right. all like, they're like, we're going to shotgun a beer. We're going to shotgun a beer. So like one of the fans like hands them all a beer, and he's trying to get the shotgun going. So he's using his car key, and it works on everyone's except it gets to Tony Deppin. And he goes to shot, like slam his uh, key into Tony Deppin's beer for Deppin to shotgun it. His key breaks. And so oh, like, no. Tony Deppin's like, well, that sucks. So then he just opens up the beer. They all like did a little stone cold. <laughs> they're clash the beers and they all shotgun the beer which is hilarious i had it all on video or so i thought mm-hmm. and uh yeah my uh, phone overheated during that part so i missed uh the close-up uh footage i have of the drunk uncles getting drunk with the fans during the match as the match is still going even though they're eliminated <laughs> the match is still going on but it's fun seeing that happen and then i had to help that guy that broke his key like after the match is over we had to sit there and look for his key in that grass which was a uh, 
kind of hard to f f find because of all the people stepping in that area and stuff throughout the day. But luckily, we did find his key. Everything uh, ended up well in that end. And then, uh, yeah, Yo-Yo versus Manders one-on-one. -on -one, and Manders ended up picking up the victory and clotheslining Yo-Yo. And then he came out and had another shotgun with the shotgun of beer with those same fans and then he like during the match too, i forgot he threw a piece of corn at our area and uh everybody someone grabbed the co corn and held it up and said thank you and he's like you hold on to that at the end of the night i'll barbecue that up real nice for you and we're gonna uh yes, put that corn I heard on the grill. That. yes <laughs> yeah in the midwest uh stuff like that can happen you have to watch out you can get shucked up real quick if you're not careful <laughs> but nice fun Eight man match. They did end up adhering to the elimination uh, style that they announced at the beginning of the match. But like I said, we were all confused. Like, how are they going to get there? But GCW, mm -hmm. they got there. Drunk Uncles end up with the victory. And unfortunately for Team Yo Yo, I mean Yo Yo, uh, they will have to come back and fight another day. For the fifth match of the evening, we had Diablo, Shane Mercer, going against the 4th of July blunt guy, Steve Sanders. And uh, Diablo coming out in the Diablo attire, and just after a couple death matches he had in the previous couple nights uh, on this loop, Diablo mm -hmm. still showing the effects of those death matches. And um, coming out against Steve Sanders, the blunt guy, this was an interesting dynamic of big powerful <laughs> muscle guy going against the KG veteran so uh how did you think this match played out john um this one really played out interesting one of the things i wanted to mention right off the bat was that diablo was the first one to actually make real use of the trampoline trampoline it's oh, called the well. trampoline as kg said and because kg has said it that that one time he called it uh -huh. that well he calls it that now all the time now every time i see the word trampoline i always say trampoline so now i gotta ruin it for you too okay so here's what's gonna happen as we talk about that i'm gonna try my best and we'll see what comes out right. so so i would have to say that mercer did his best i'm sorry diablo did his best to make use of that trampoline and the kid in me was kind of the really waiting for people to really use that thing. The whole time I was like, is that thing going to bust? Because, I mean, I'm a big boy and I really think about it when I hit it. But when you have two guys made of meat, you know, one's 175, one's maybe 225, and they hit that thing with an impact, you always wonder if those springs are going to hold. Uh, also, I didn't know this. I found out about this because someone mentioned it on the show. But when growing up, Diablo actually used to wrestle with Alex Zane and Ty Hill. So there's just a little piece of history. If anybody wanted to you know, know something for a little $100 question, there's that. The rest of it was pretty much for me. I just remember that there was that power bomb on the gravel Ugh. and that thing looked brutal. I just wanted to kind of toss it back over to you from there because, again, man, you were right there front row. Yeah, as this uh, match went up into the pool area uh mm -hmm. i started uh, running up there too to get some hopefully get some footage if my camera held up of the power bomb itself and yeah that power bomb onto those mm -hmm. rocks like it doesn't matter how hard or how soft you're setting them down you're still landing on rocks from a good six feet up in the air and yeah. with shane Ma shane mercer's power like it was pretty brutal seeing it live like as soon as he landed like everybody that was in front of me you just see all their faces turn away like oh that happened and like i got to see everyone's reaction that was in front of me who might have had a better vantage point and just seeing yeah. their reactions of like they had to turn their head right when he hit the gravel was uh pretty interesting to see because like everyone had to turn their head away on that one mm. 
And um, yeah, Diablo uh, showed off his power here for sure. And with the trampoline, I loved like how you said they finally introduced <laughs> it because like it's just sitting there like as a carrot. It's like who's gonna use this? And like we already mm -hmm. saw the truck being used in the back. We already saw the. In the backwoods, the shed where the fire with facade happened. So they definitely used every piece of this property and land to their advantage. And this is one where they finally got to use a trampoline. They went up to the entranceway, <laughs> got to use the rocks. So it was uh, kind of cool seeing how the, as each match went along, like what part of the, not venue, but what part of the backyard they were going to mm -hmm. use to their advantage and what creative ways that they were going to use it, which we haven't seen before. So it's kind of nice to see Diablo be kind of be the first one to use the trampoline to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So where did we go from here? The one thing that the last thing I remember, which kind of ended up closing out the match was blunt guy being gorilla slammed off of the ring truck. Then, yeah, it was a little too much rotation. So he landed on his tailbone. Yes. And it was obvious it hurt. I mean, it looked like it hurt from the beginning. Basically, from there, it looked like they went straight to the uh, straight to the finish. Now, I don't know if that was the planned finish or not, but um, and I'm thinking it really was. That was a high spot. You know what I mean? Much more, but, what more uh, damage can Diablo do? He already powered you know? bottom on the gravel, just threw him off of a about 15 foot high truck onto the mm -hmm. onto the ground and he landed right on his tailbone like that much more damage he needed to get the victory well yeah and, and in these cases half the time the weaker the opponent gets the stronger mercer's gonna get half the time it's just better to give up either way though that in real life that guy wasn't getting off the ground after that tailbone and it you could see it even took him a while as a trained veteran used to taking all those bumps he was really hurting after that one. He was definitely taking a lot of drinks after that. Yeah, that he actually didn't go up the normal way that every other wrestler went after their matches. They all usually go up the went up the little hill there by the pool yeah. and back to yeah. the house where he actually ended up where the truck was, ended up going around the other end of the house and going back that way. So and I didn't see him oh. the rest of the night too, as I went wandering and gotten some drinks and some uh food. I didn't see him the rest of the night. So I don't know if something did seriously happen to him or if I just maybe didn't catch him, but I didn't see him mingling like how I did all the other wrestlers before and after their match. So hopefully everything is all right with uh the blunt guy and uh we'll hopefully see him again next fourth of July. For the sixth match of the evening, we have a little lover's quarrel going on as skin ripper Masha Slamovich goes one-on-one -on -one with the great Akira. And this match was a strike fest. It just seemed like both of these uh, competitors just wanted to beat the love out of the other competitor and uh, get some frustrations out as well as Skin Ripper and Great Akira, of course, are a couple, are an item, but they definitely have no quarrels going against each other, even in death matches, as we've seen in other companies, and just beating the holy shit out of each other in those matches as well. So this was a nice little uh, matchup on 4th of July weekend. What did you think of this match, John? Uh, you know, overall, it was a really quick 10-minute match somehow. I don't know how it felt like that. It was a really fairly decent match. Nothing out of the ordinary between these two. When, you know, you hear Masha's name, you know exactly who's going to show up. Same thing with Akira. You know exactly what you're going to expect. There's going to be a certain level of quality there, and they're going to bring to the show. Uh, there was usage of the trampoline again. Like I said, the kid and me really did appreciate that. Once again, really, I was just happy that both really came to wrestle even on a, you know, a 4th of July show. 
same thing. I mean, I want to really throw it back to you and see if there's anything you kind of remembered from this one. Uh, just talking about this match with my wife as it came out, I was kind of explaining to her how they are actually a couple. And mm-hmm. uh, watching this match, you would definitely not to get that sense <laughs> because they were just slapping, beating the shit out of each other, not holding back anything. Uh, I think my wife, he made a comment like, oh, that's a good way to uh, whenever you're angry with uh, your significant other to uh, get the frustrations out and still be lovable towards each other at the end. So yeah. that was a takeaway we got from the match. Um like I said, hard hitting, typical from Masha and Akira. And uh, Skin Ripper wins with the power bomb on the great Akira. Keeps Akira on his losing ways, unfortunately. But Skin Ripper gets the victory. And the other thing that stood out was at the end of this match, uh, Akira was calling for a couple beers, but Masha was already halfway up to the house at that point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> up the ramp and behind the curtains, pretty much. So Akira's walking back to the house trying to catch up with masha and then uh she he runs into a little girl who's uh has her little uh battery operated vehicle and he he goes and tries to give her a high five but he must have done something or said something to her where it scared the shit out mm-hmm. of the little girl and the little girl just starts crying on camera and stuff so that was a uh, funny to see it come across on screen as it did in person because like i was watching i was like oh i hope the camera caught that because that was pretty funny <laughs> honestly i I couldn't say too much more about it. It was really just a cute little ending to a solid match between a, you know, a really decent couple. I've met both of them. Same thing. Really nice people. Cannot say a bad thing. Again, quick 10 minute match. I was really happy just to see them both come out on the 4th of July. Yes. I was just about to say it's awesome seeing them both throughout this loop and then ending the loop uh, going against each other on the 4th of July as well. So very uh, fun, entertaining match and very hard hitting. In the co-main event of GCW's Backyard Wrestling 4, we have a little bit of a family rivalry going on as Joey Janela goes one-on-one with his cousin, Donnie Janela. And I'm just going to kind of speak of what I saw there being in person, which was... Joey Janela in the pool, and I know they got this on the Fight TV, but in person, uh, everyone's kind of wondering. We're hearing Party in the USA play... And we don't see anybody coming out. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, we just see Joey come running out in street clothes, soaking wet. He just came from the pool, which he was probably there talking to my son. But unfortunately, my son was not there at this time. He was already out of the pool and enjoying the rest of the show. <laughs> but uh, yes, Joey was in the pool drinking his little twisted tea. And then like the cameraman's pulling right at him like, hey, you're on, you're on. So in person, it came off as more like, hey, Joey really forgot what he <laughs> His match was coming up and was a little drunk at that time because as I saw throughout the whole night, he always had a drink mm-hmm. in his hand, but it's yeah. fine. They're all enjoying each other, uh, enjoying the moment on 4th of July and each other's company. But in person, it came off that way, but watching it back on the Fight TV stream, it kind of looked like it was planned. Like that's how kind of Joey wanted it to treat it to yeah. get a rise yeah. out of his online haters of being unprofessional and all this stuff. And Knowing Joey the way we do, he lives for those kind of moments to kind of poke fun at yeah. himself while making his haters like rethink like, hey, Joey knows what he's doing. He's just doing stuff on purpose to get underneath your skin and it's working. So this was another one of those instances where that seemed to come into play. Yeah, I think he's also maybe trying to get underneath Cornette's skin, which would kind of be funny, too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, 
I think that, you know, yeah, if it's planned, I thought it was well done because it's kind of unique. And if it wasn't planned, then it was still kind of unique and it was really enjoyable. There was a lot of laughs at my house when that went down. Yeah. Um, in person, too. Like, we're all like, yeah. hey, who's he going against? And we see Joey come out dripping wet from the pool with his gear bag. And then, of course, as the music's playing, they have to restart the music because the whole song already played. And Joey <laughs> still nowhere close to being ready for his match. And as we uh, were talking about some of the shorter matches, like Joey Janela's entrance right here, getting ready for the match was all part of his entrance. Took longer mm -hmm. than some of these matches that happened that evening. So that was uh, interesting to see. And in person, it kind of dragged on a little bit. But I think it was more fun in person seeing it all play out as a fan watching on Fight TV. If I just ordered that, I'd be like, come on, let's go. This is eight minutes of me just watching <laughs> someone get ready for a match. Like I could see people getting frustrated watching it on stream. But being there in person, it was very entertaining. And seeing Joey just kind of roll with the punches. And Brett, of course, in typical Brett way, messing with Joey. Uh when Joey finally uh, comes out, they already put out Pyro once, but then Joey missed it. So then they had to put Pyro out again. And then Joey's still like <laughs> sitting down, putting his shoes on and almost getting hit by the sparks coming off of the, the Pyro. So that was always a, uh, that was fun to see. Yeah. It was really funny how they kept moving the Pyro over as he was kind of moving over himself. And he, at one point the, the, it kind of got close and he actually stood up and he's flipping off the guy. And yeah. I, I just thought that was good. Um, yeah, I don't even think he got both knee pads on or maybe it was both shin pads on. I, he, he, yeah, he got on what he did and just walked to the ring. Just, okay. I took enough time. I saw him trying to get the fans into it by clapping, you know? So I thought that was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, I just, who was out there too? I think Sheik. Yeah. Sheik was on there to announce Joey's birthday at the time. So yes. that was kind of cool. So yeah, KG and Sheik announced it. Uh, let's see what else I have in my notes here. Basically, it said he was talking about the heat. The music cuts. Lauderdale decides to turn it right back on just seconds later, just like you were saying. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. The camera the whole time he was yelling, I'm drunk. I'm fucking drunk. I am drunk. And then Emil starts to talk about something else, just kind of to go off and keep trying to announce. And then you hear Donnie Janela going, well, I'm fucking high. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, Emil, even in the ring, you could tell his announcing was just a touch slower than usual. Yeah. So, yeah. And then paying the price for having a good time before the, their matches. No, the referee was called Stony Janela. Oh, I missed that. I must so, have missed that in uh, the commentary. Yeah, so this was seven and a half, almost eight minutes of just pure fuckery, and it was so enjoyable. And I know I didn't get each and every one of the one of the little things, but those were the ones that kind of were the most enjoyable. He was telling everybody he was trying to get sucked off later. So this guy was really, you know, putting down an enjoyable time, mostly for adults to hear. Yeah, Joey definitely was enjoying the moment on his 4th of July birthday weekend and uh, having a match against his cousin, which was a yeah, nice little yeah. wrinkle on 4th of July. He kind of was like, hey, this is all about me. I'm going to take this time, use it to entertain myself as well as the GCW crowd. And watching like at the beginning, like how his music was playing and then the match started and the match, the music kept on playing. It had a lot of uh, mm -hmm. new Jack style feel, old ECW callbacks and yes. then the anarchy in yeah. the arena from AEW. I think this was a little way of him to kind of poke fun at his former company as well saying, Hey, we could do that thing too. And we'll make it even more fun. So I like that yeah. little, the music playing in the background. And then of course it happens sporadically throughout the match where it looks <laughs> like, Hey, Joey, 
at some point in the middle of the match, Joey kind of wants to have a good match with his cousin, you can see, like a mm-hmm. more serious mm-hmm. match, but then being it, the co-main event, the night's almost over on a crazy four-day, five-day week for them, four shows, five days for that uh, loop. Uh, Brett starts messing around with Joey and keeps on playing the music. And you can kind of see Joey kind of like roll his eyes a little bit. It's like, oh, we're going to keep on this going. Okay, let's just have fun with it then. But I honestly Mm -hmm. think he was trying to have a good, decent match other than the comedy that he had in the beginning with his cousin. So it's kind of interesting to see like little Joey maybe possibly getting mad, but then just rolling with the punches and keeping on the entertainment for all of our uh, sakes and for the people that are there. Yeah, so one of the things I also noticed that kind of tied into the fun portion was that when he came to the ring, you'd notice that in his bag were those baking sheets. Now, it was just kind of interesting, but also when they used the baking sheets, it was right in that same area. So when I kind of wonder if it was planned or not, it's always weird to have baking sheets in your gear bag. But we don't know how these guys may travel from, say, Walmart or somewhere and you know, they might have their gimmicks with them so that they don't get lost before the match. So, you know. And those pans were still wrapped. Yeah. They still had the tags on them. And whenever yeah, yeah. they, right away when they were used uh, and the action kind of went away, they left the pans there. And I know, I still remember seeing one fan run over and grab that fan or grab the pan and say like, oh, I'm keeping this and I'm having Joey sign it later and stuff like that. Cause it was still wrapped oh, up at that cool. point. So it was pretty cool. Like them leaving a little bit of uh memorabilia out there for the fans same thing as when uh manders threw his corn out to us it's kind of like hey here's a little give back to the fans did you see the part where uh joey was doing the masato tanaka yes. where basically donnie hit him over the head with the you know the freaking pan and then janela kind of does the hulk out thing yep yeah i thought that was kind of cool yeah, this was one of those, we talked about how he had a couple of serious matches uh, during that weekend. So this was kind of a nice way of him like, hey, enjoy the birthday. This is the last show. He yeah. kind of just let loose and had fun with this match, which was awesome to see. And that's why it dragged out. I'm going to say dragged out, even though if it was a long match, it was end up being 25 minutes, I think it was. But it was yeah. felt a lot longer than that in person. It's like it kind of felt like, oh my god, when that match ended, we still have a main event here. It's like it's kind of hard to follow that up because just of everything that happened before the match, during the match, after the match, like it just seemed like, oh, that might have been the main event kind of uh, feel. Mm-hmm. And during the match, of course, uh, Joey lifts uh, Donnie up into a suplex from a one side of the field and ends up carrying him. I'd say a good. 40 yards away. <laughs> oh yeah. And that Quite one went, yeah, that one went right by me and the family. If you, it's funny when you watch it on stream, like you see them coming towards us. I'm like, I think they're coming. I think they're coming. And then they're right by us. I'm like move. And like our whole family moves out of the way and everything. And he goes right by us and then drops a uh, Donnie Dijanela about 20 feet away after that. Oh man. You know what I was also laughing about was the whole dog thing where uh, Joey kept going that Donnie, fucking killed his dog yeah i think was what it came down to so then donnie turns around being him goes fuck the dog yeah. and joey goes well he's just as bad as michael vick oh i so missed that, that part oh yeah and then it turned into uh fuck my dog killing cousin that's that and let's I see what else him, him calling him a dog killer that what i remember yeah he also says he fucks him too so then the crowd starts <laughs> chanting you oh, thick yeah. fuck yeah i remember that chant now <laughs> So then I want to actually talk to you about this because you got a front row on this, but the part where Joey grabs that Jeep. So what happened when he goes out and grabs that little girl's Jeep? Like, did, I don't know how much the camera caught versus what you caught. 
So I will say, as this was like right after that, uh, the suplex spot, suplex spot um, mm-hmm. actually the person that Joey Janela was supposed to be going against that evening end up bumping into me right at that time, mid-match, and uh, it was Nasty Leroy. And so I end up uh, running into <laughs> Nasty Leroy, out of all people, and he was supposed to go against Joey Janela. They announced it right before the show. And uh, seeing the match has already happened, seeing that Leroy's not the one in the match with Joey, and as like they're having the match, I kind of was talking to Leroy. I'm like, hey, where are you at? You're supposed to be in there, I thought. Weren't you the one being promoted for this match? And he was saying like, how <laughs> he just got injured or whatever, and he wasn't able to uh, have the match with Joey, unfortunately. So as Joey was getting the truck, I was actually talking to Nasty Leroy at that time. So I kind of missed a little bit what happened, but I know that girl oh. was still there. They brought her back out, and I remember, like, unlike Akira... Joey didn't scare the little girl away, but they uh-huh. end up uh, bringing the truck out. And Joey's trying to uh, take the little truck from the ramp area, if you want to call it that, into the uh-huh. ring area. But Joey's so big and <laughs> sitting on that Jeep, he can't hit the gas pedal. And, oh, yeah. And it didn't have enough juice left in it. And it was kind of hard to move it with his weight. So, like, they had to kind of get a little push start. And then you see him moving at his little half mile an hour uh, pace towards the ring. But yeah, yeah. They got that thing into the ring. Finally, it took a little help to do that. So you were kind of talking when it went to the ring at this point, right? You kind of just saw him go to the ring and that's it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So basically he gets into the ring and then they get the uh, Jeep into the ring. And then from there, Joey decides, well, I'm going to get in it. So he kind of rides it around a little bit and then it gets into a point to where he's ducking. He tries to duck a clothesline from Donnie. And when he goes to duck the clothesline from Donnie, he he just goes back way too far. The weight is way too far in the back of that Jeep. And his drunken ass just falls right back on his back and head right back on the canvas there. And it was just a great moment. Everyone was laughing their ass off. Everyone at my house that had a chance to watch it that aren't even wrestling fans, when they saw it go down, they were laughing so hard. The whole thing was messy. I think the way it should be in an entertaining way. And I wanted to say before I forgot also that Brett playing with the music back and forth. Those are some of the things I really treasure and love when I can see the personality come out in these people that I watch all the time, because the more personality I'm able to catch, the more I feel like I'm, I'm a part of them also. It really, it really makes me connect as a fan when it, it's one thing to see him wrestle for 10 minutes. It's another thing to hear them, you know, talk and give promos a little bit. And I just, I really enjoyed myself during this one. Did you see the firework sword, the, the sword fight those two had? Yeah. So as soon as they pulled those out, I was kind of like going back to the fireworks at the beginning of the show. I'm like, all right. Seeing Joey the way he is, seeing how the match was playing out and seeing him kind of fall out of that uh, truck so he doesn't get a DUI. <laughs> it was funny. We were yeah. all chanting DUI, too, when uh, he uh, was bringing that in. A couple of, a couple of us <laughs> in that area were chanting DUI. But um, him seeing the way he was at that point and then pulling out the fireworks, I once again was like, okay, what is going to happen here? What is going on? Like, is the fireworks going to go shooting everywhere like how it did before the show happened? But uh, seeing them having a little jousting contest with the fireworks was pretty fun to see. And like I said, we've seen fireworks being used in other backyard wrestling shows with GCW. I was kind of interested to see what was going to happen with it. But luckily, they were safe and uh, 
it was entertaining. It was a very entertaining match. And I know as soon as Joey fell off of that truck going backwards, you could just see him corpse on the inside and you just see him thinking oh, yeah. Cornette is going to have a field day with this. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, he self-admitted that show was bullshit or that match was going to be bullshit, you know, partially the way through on camera. He even says it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was really just um, I was thoroughly entertained. And sometimes the more off script it goes, the better for me, even down to the part where Joey tries to get on a door towards towards that final spot at the end of the match. And he goes, he gets himself up on it. and The damn thing breaks. Joey's been just having problems with broken doors for weeks yes i was just about to say he's been having bad luck with those doors reminded of us me of the vegas show we were at when he's trying yep. to get johnny yep. game changer onto the door and it broke two different times mm. yeah, yeah seeing... basically let's see yeah go ahead and tell us what the ending is on this one because you might know stuff or remember things that i i don't uh, after the car spot i was too busy dying laughing and trying to explain to the family kind of like what this kind of means of like probably what Joey's feeling of, okay, now the people I'm giving the haters their fuel here and like, yeah, yeah, I was making fun of it, but now I'm actually eating it. And then now I'm in this shit. So how can I get the attention back off of me and into the match? So him and uh, Donnie try to make it a little bit more serious till the end, but even with the mess ups, even with the drunk Joey and the high Donnie, uh, Joey ends up with the victory as they put the, uh, Joey on the door, the door breaks. Joey then gets up and hits Donnie with the chair, SGC style. And then he puts Donnie on the ground, covered him in a chair, and uh, hits Donnie from the top rope for the victory. And once again, we've been talking about Joey being serious these last couple nights prior. It was very nice seeing him kind of have fun and once again showing his range as a wrestler of doing serious for a couple nights and diving headfirst into the comedy match that he did with this one. Yeah, the only other thing I can say to kind of wrap this up is even in, you know, joking and now even with a serious match, you know, Joey's delivering as a as a fan favorite on both sides. Yes, even with the craziness around it, it was still one of the more entertaining matches of the night. Even with all the crazy hoopla before, after, and during the match, it was an entertaining match for the night. And finishing the night off at GCW's Backyard Wrestling 4 in the main event, we have Eminon, Jimmy Lloyd, which is no name backwards, Eminon is, going against the Dark Angel and Marcus Mathers. And this one was a fun little uh, match to end the night. Got a little bit more hardcore and deathmatchy. Um, trying to give the GCW fans a little bit of the deathmatch as much as they can, especially being at a private property or someone's house. Um, it was a fun match. They started the match off with the pyro, the uh, ceremonial uh, pyro, pyro to end the night for the main event. And kind of like at the beginning of the ni uh, night, like how I said before the show started, the fireworks kind of uh, got knocked off to its side and started spraying <laughs> out everywhere and scaring the shit out of Marcus and Jimmy who run out of the ring before the match during this uh, introductional uh, ceremony. And it was a uh, pretty funny seeing uh, Alley Cat come out with uh, Tony Deppin and Cole Radrick to light up the fireworks. But in a typical GCW backyard wrestling, the fireworks were not cooperative to start off this match. Yeah, I really liked the beginning of uh, before this thing really kicked off. You could see the camera pan over to the uh, to the ring and you see Emil kind of holding a beer like a model and he's smiling <laughs> all cheesy. 
And he's just kind of, you know, doing that pose with his PBR. And I think KG even says something about PBR after uh, after that happened. The match, as far as I can remember, it was primarily out of the ring. It was not uh, in the ring. It was in your section. It was all over this place. I remember chairs, coolers, barbecue tools, suntan lotion. I have written down here darts, syringes, gusset plates. They all came in right around by mid-match. That's that's what we had before we hit the second half of the match. So, I mean, from that point, that's what my notes have as kind of more of the notable things. I just wanted to kind of see what else you remembered or what, what there was that was worth sharing. Well, I found it fun with uh, Eminon. At the beginning, when he came out, they like announced Eminon. A lot of the people didn't know, like, we're like, what? It's Jimmy Lloyd. Did he change his name? Is Eminon? And like, uh, being the people around me, I watched the GCW background wrestling shows. I knew and expected him to come out as Eminon. And so I had to kind of explain to him, like, hey, that goes back to like the previous backyard wrestlings where he comes out as Eminon, which means no name, because he wants to be uh, no name and he doesn't want his name to be out there in the wrestling universe. And that's how KG described it when they first did the first couple backyard shows so having a little history from kg and the backyard wrestling shows kind of helped me out to explain it to other people around me which i thought was kind of cool and i was like hey yeah see i know my stuff i'm watching gcw i can help <laughs> out other people but um during the match too, i loved it when they used a. Uh, Marcus ended up grabbing like one of those barbecue pitchforks and was stabbing Jimmy oh, Lloyd yeah. with it. And I love Jimmy Lloyd as we were talking about kind of giving a homage to Mr. Drew Parker, who's uh, back in Japan wrestling. And mm -hmm. Jimmy Lloyd has started to use the darts in his matches and throwing, he threw about three darts into Marcus's back. They do the syringe spot where the Marcus Mathers puts the syringe through one cheek and then yeah. through the mouth and then out the other cheek. And they usually like spray the water afterwards to show you like, hey, we went through everything. I think in this mm -hmm. match, if I remember correctly, though, he had a little bit of trouble getting all the way through. So they just kind of did it where he just poked it through the one side and that was it. But it's fun seeing Jimmy Lloyd pay tributes to one of his good friends that I know he has in this deathmatch world and industry is Drew Parker. And like how we were kind of talking about offline, like they kind of taken moves and like little spots from each other so mm -hmm. that way like hey just because jimmy lloyd's not in japan i could give the japan people a little toys taste of jimmy lloyd and same thing here in the states jimmy lloyd could keep drew parker's name and uh his move set in everybody's eyes and minds and mouths and you doing the spots that drew usually does out here so it was cool seeing um jimmy lloyd still using those moves and with drew parker being gone well i like how solid uh it's just it's just always been a solid thing when it comes to Mr. Eminon, I think it was. Yes. It really seems like he's always there. He's at every show. He's a solid worker. He always chugs along. Like I mean, he's not the engine, but I can tell you that he's one of the pieces that you can always say keeps the train rolling every single time. And this was just another one where it was cool to see him come out. And here he's more the veteran versus like a younger Marcus Mathers, dark angel. And um, it was really just a treat, an interesting choice for a main event between these two. But I think the choice was because of the amount of weapons and things in that nature. I don't think you want to break something outside of the ring, like maybe a piece of glass. And then someone accidentally steps on it a week later or two weeks later when they're walking out there. I believe they were really safe and taking care of all that and each other. That's really, really, that's what I remember from the show. Yeah. Like you said, it was kind of like being on someone's property, you know, they can't really pull out the 
the light tubes that have all the pieces of, like you said, the shards of grass, as we saw, there's obviously yeah. little kids at this property and that live here and stuff like that, or visit often. Like those kids that we saw were not part of the show or not there to see the show. They were seeing mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. the family whose house it was. So yeah, you definitely don't want the, the glass out there for the kids, but I found it very cool. They found creative ways to use the doors um, yeah. and the gusset plates and the syringes and stuff to give that GCW authentic deathmatch kind of feel while not being too careless with it being at someone else's house. Um, another thing that going back to how you said Jimmy Lloyd's, I think he's like the kind of the heartbeat of GCW. Like he's always at every single show. You know, you're going to see him all the time. You know, yeah. he's either yeah. going to, he's going to put on a performance, whether it be in a, um, glass ceiling match against somebody and going through pains and pains of glass. He could go one-on-one against uh, Alley Catch and help Alley Catch shine and Alley Catch beats him up. You could put him in a scramble match and he's going to be kind of like the leader of the scramble match doing all the crazy spots with all these wrestlers. You could put him in a uh, three-way tag match with him and Los Macisos going against SGC. One That's night, right. you do it as a regular trios. No weapons involved, so everyone's in-ring ability that way. Next night, hey, let's get crazy. Let's go trios deathmatch. So he has a very wide range of what he does for GCW. And in my opinion, I believe, like I said, he's like kind of the heartbeat where he's going to be at every show. You know you're going to see the regular. And I think if you would have given him Tony Depp in spot going against Moxie, I the crowd would have been just as loud, if not louder being Tony Deppin's being on ring of honor and held the ring of honor TV championship, I believe, but seeing Jimmy Lloyd is, Hey, he's been a day one in GCW. He's not really had the opportunities that other people are have or are earning right now, as in Blake Christian, like he's Mm -hmm. never asked for these opportunities. He never complains about it. He just shows up. What do you need me to do today, boss? Okay. And he does it does it a hundred percent and i love seeing him getting the time to shine in this main event going against marcus mathers at a gcw backyard show yeah both these guys here have something in common and it's that they're they're workers they're constantly working you know really on on uh oh my gosh let's see on dark angel's side he's just what is he doing outside of GCW? Does he primarily just do just the GCW? Because I on, I'm asking because I haven't seen him show up in too many shows outside of GCW. Uh, Marcus Mathers, I'm seeing him everywhere. Same with like the Billy Billy Stark situation. Sometimes three, four times a week. As long as I turn on, you know, my thing to watch wrestling, I'm seeing him on there. So uh, yeah, I don't think I see Jimmy Lloyd too much outside of GCW. Yeah. yeah. What I've, do you think? I've seen G- okay. uh, Jimmy Lloyd and with Marcus Mathers in H2O. He's uh, he does a lot of work with VXS Wrestling, who I giant oh, fan of. Yeah. Isaac Rodriguez yeah. keep killing it with VXS. He does a lot of stuff with VXS Wrestling. He actually just had a match a couple months ago against Jordan Oliver to see who the real ace of VXS was, and Jordan Oliver won that match. But Jimmy Lloyd is he's out there most of the time. The most consistent part you can see him is GCW, but he is dabbling out there in H2O and VXS. I know those are two big ones that I've seen him at. And I could usually expect if I see VXS anywhere on the East Coast or West Coast, they usually have yeah. Jimmy and uh, Jimmy Lloyd's heavily involved with VXS wrestling as well. Well, I want to apologize to Jimmy then because I have more respect than I have memory. and we are covering four shows in a short span here playing catch up i can it's very hard to think about what we have said and what we haven't said 
and in independent wrestling, there's a lot to going on anyway. There's we could mm-hmm. be talking about something right now, and there's probably something right now as we're recording this that's like blowing up on independent wrestling. Like yeah. there's so much out there, so much great talent, so many shows out there. It's wonderful to see. It's like I said, how you said it's awesome seeing Marcus Mathers almost three, four times a week on all these different promotions. It's yeah. cool seeing Jimmy Lloyd, not just GCW, even though he bleeds GCW, he's out there bleeding for VXS wrestling or any of that stuff. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that VXS show that happened in freaking Vegas. Yes, and Jimmy wow. Lloyd's been all over, <laughs> not just in Vegas, but he's killing it with VXS. VXS is killing it too. Like I love watching them because I think they have a lot of a GCW vibe with a lot of what they kind of call like the trap house kind of feel with the wrestling, with mm-hmm. the music and presentation. And I love seeing that with and uh, VXS using the awesome video editing and the hype videos and stuff that they are doing for their matches and upcoming cards. Kind of, we were talking about this too, a little bit offline, kind of wish GCW would hop back in that mode that they were doing before Hammerstein with all the crazy social media videos we've seen from a Jordan Oliver after after a death match, Uh, seeing uh, Matt Cardona whine and complain that there's no locker room at the Ukrainian culture center. And he's like this big star and you can't give him a locker room. Like those yep. vignettes, those hype videos of getting announcing Ruby Soho as the one that's going against Ali catch Hammerstein, the cool videos of um, them doing with Effie leading up with Jeff Jarrett. Like there's, they were oh, doing yeah. a lot yeah. of awesome production. And as we were talking about, like, we would like to definitely see a lot more of, and I think that would help them kind of get back their momentum. Maybe some people think they've kind of gotten lazy since Hammerstein. I don't feel that way. I've seen a little difference. Maybe they don't have to hype it up as much as they did Hammerstein, but I just wish they would add a little bit more production and video videos on social media. Cause it takes a short amount of time to do that. Probably a lot more time on the back end editing and stuff like that, but have a wrestler cut a little five minute promo, boom, post it on the internet for you got a whole week to do it probably in between shows. And now you got a week's worth of hype that these fans can yeah. get and like, like anticipate when they go to these live shows. So hopefully they'll start be doing some of these uh, vignettes and videos uh, again here soon on the social media. Yeah, I'm a big fan of being able to connect and I love to see someone come out and have their 15 minute chunk on every show that that we have at GCW. I also like them so much, I would like to hear them talk. Yeah, I just like to hear them sit there and talk. If uh, somebody's pissed off at somebody, I'd like to know why, or I'd like to just know that, hey, he's picking a fight. Fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to pick a fight. So um, I really do think that that may be part of where the big match feel has, uh, has fallen off would be because we need to know why. Uh, we talked about the Blake Christian issue. He's pissed off. Tell me why. Because I'd love to agree with the dude. I like him. I think he's capable. I'd love to agree with him. Tell me why you've changed. Tell me what changed. How about that? Tell me what changed. Bring bring about what changed. And and then it would it would tell me a lot more. Yes. Uh, I, do, I don't want to get too far away uh, because I definitely want to uh, do a good chunk on the show on this one. Um, do you have, wait, wait, did we even go over who won this one? I was going to say, no, but I think we skipped right on over that. (laughs) It's so easy to talk about these things. Honestly, I do want to get into that one further. I do want people to come back and really listen for that one at some point, because we do need to talk about promos and how important it is to connect. Yes. I was just about to dive into it, but then I realized, you know what? We're near the end of this show. Let's end this show nice and strong. And then definitely we will be talking about promos and a lot more because I was just about to hop in and talk a lot more about it. But 
that I'm is so a sorry. Whole, nope, that is a whole big segment that we could spend off topic on uh, talking about the next show, maybe. Yeah, um, my wheel started turning, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got a good hour in me on that." Yes, yeah, that's a, <laughs> we we could definitely do some sideshow uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, going back to this match and finishing off the show, Eminon does get the win. He does hit Dark Angel with the driver through the door and picks up the three count. Jimmy Lloyd, Eminon, Mister No Name, picks up the yes. victory to end a crazy, typical fun gcw backyard wrestling show it was everything i expected a gcw backyard wrestling show to be i don't mm-hmm. i didn't go mm-hmm. there because like hey me and my family we flew to hammerstein we're there like we're seeing the biggest independent wrestling show ever gcw is doing it i know it's going to be crazy we went there yeah. for the card the matches the in-ring action we came to this show kind of knowing hey it's going to be more laid back it's going to be chill we'll see wrestlers mm-hmm. walking and talking that's what we're going to be really here to do but the entering action isn't going to be as technical as uh high production quality as normally we get from gcw but yeah it was a very fun entertaining gcw show like i said great way to end their crazy four shows in five days summer road trip so i loved the show i thought it was very entertaining it had everything i expected from a gcw show you got the pool spots with joey janela you got the trampoline spots with uh shane mercer and a couple other wrestlers you got people jumping off of the the truck or trailer that was in the back back there you had people mm-hmm. going into the woods and lighting each other on fire like that's a gcw show <laughs> and that is a gcw backyard wrestling show so it hit every spot for me i did not leave disappointed it was well worth it and like how you asked me at the beginning of the show would i definitely go back again yes i would it was entertaining I... it was fun and hopefully uh we'll be able to catch another gcw backyard wrestling five at another undisclosed location next year Oh, heck yeah. I, uh, I'm a fireworks guy. I even do that on my block. I'm, I'm the guy sometimes. I really like the fireworks about this show. It was just kind of cool to see them incorporate even the small ones made it even funnier sometimes to see them out there. You know, Janela's interaction, some of these other wrestlers interactions where they're doing the uh, Shawn Michaels pose. I just thought that was kind of cool. I actually, I come from the country, so I actually liked seeing the fields in the background. It was kind of welcoming. It was cool for me. I know that's not for everyone, but that was kind of cool. Uh, The behind the back bong hits on camera that were happening during the show were hilarious. I mean, it's a backyard thing. It's 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 GCW. It's relaxing. Yes. Uh, I like the referee being called Hamburglar. I I hope that doesn't stick, but I hope it sticks because it's kind of a funny name. Adam Galtz, of course, he would be the Hamburglar. I yeah, also loved uh, uh, seeing, yeah, talk to me. not seeing it, but hearing it, going back to like, this is now going back home and watching it. I loved on commentary, KG giving his crazy KG-isms, if you want to call it that, with the Tremontolines <laughs> and everything else that he says. I love hearing him just have fun with the show. And Nick Gage, seeing him kind of be a lot less serious, but still be his normal oh, yeah. Nick Gage self. Like, fuck that ref up. What the fuck is he doing? Like, still got the <laughs> typical Nick Gage, but in a way more lighthearted. And you could see he was there to have fun. He didn't even take himself seriously. Oh, um, yeah. Like I said, we, if he's not wrestling and he's going to be there, at least have an on commentary. And once again, GCW provided that. And as fans uh, watching on Fight TV, we get to hear the awesomeness of KG and Nick Gage on commentary. We got to hear the yo-yo, not yo-yo, not throw ya. Uh, <laughs> like, those were the awesome parts I love seeing on TV that I didn't catch 
originally live too much like i said we heard the commentary just not as in detail as we would have obviously on fight tv so it's kind of nice going back at home and rewatching it and kind of seeing all those little things i missed being there in person yeah you missed like on kg there was a part we actually muted his microphone because he was like mid cough a mid talk coughing and i mean it got to a point to where you hear nick gage pick up from there and he said something but in the background you can hear kg just losing his lungs on you know off camera off mic and uh i just thought that was funny yes and going back to that like actually when kg coughed like it was like a cough slash sneeze because like we saw i was watching like at that point because i heard like a big like oh like him coughing so i look <laughs> over and you just see he's like turned his back completely and he's uh -huh. like over there having a coughing attack and nick gage just staring at him like what is this motherfucker doing like it was pretty fun seeing uh Fun seeing that off to the side. But overall, like I said, I think this was a, a great GCW backyard show. We had the Joey Janela classic comedy match there at the end. Um, like overall, like I said, it was great. Everything I expected it to be. I know a lot of fans don't like the whole backyard settings. I just love how while still not taking themselves as serious, they have fun mm -hmm. with it, but still will do the craziest things to impress the fans that are in person or on fight tv even though like they might not be making like a lot of money because it's not a venue or whatever it's still awesome seeing the gcw talent give us 110 percent like they always do no matter the situation no matter the circumstance or no matter the venue they still go out of their way to make sure the fans at home and in person have a very awesome show to remember and i will always remember this match uh for the rest of my life that's freaking awesome, man. I actually can't say anything that would absolutely top that. At this point, I guess I would just say uh, it was another awesome show. We're just going to have to keep chunking these things out to get caught up. And yes. I really do appreciate anybody who does listen because we're just fans. Yes. Thank you all yeah. for listening. Thank you all out there that are been liking the videos on uh, YouTube. I've seen a couple different followers on, on uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts and wherever else you can get your podcast. So once again, keep on liking it, keep on subscribing, rating, reviewing, leaving the feedback. We know we ain't perfect. We're not going to be perfect. No. Any other show, any shows that we do is not going to be perfect. Like you said, we're, we're just normal. guys talking GCW, having fun, enjoying the show. Um, we are playing catch up. So later on this week, we plan on doing the GCW settlement series as well as covering as a special little bonus, the JCW great American birthday bash. As we both kind of agree, that was the actual GCW show of the weekend. Yeah, but I don't want yeah. to take any away, anything away from the GCW settlement series. We have a lot of content on there, even though it wasn't a lot of GCW quote unquote regulars. I think mm -hmm. GCW provided once again, kind of like this backyard wrestling, a very fun, a very uh, entertaining uh, event at the settlement series. And that's part one of eight. So we got eight more of those to cover after we cut co or seven more to cover after we cover the first one later on this week. So we will have a lot of content on the settlement series as well as the backyard or sorry, the Great American Birthday Bash. Uh, we will also be covering later this week the two shows that happened this past weekend. The um, DCW No Signal in the Hills and the one that happened last night, which the name is going right past my head right now. Back to the Bay. GCW's Back to the Bay in San Francisco. We will be covering those episodes this, well, uh, this week as well. Uh, John, anything you want to say before we uh, let the viewers go? No, man, I'm, I'm happy as hell. I can't wait to do more of this. I'm just 
100% thankful that I'm able to just do something like this. And I'm 100% thankful if absolutely anybody enjoys it, even if they're just listening to it while they're doing something else. Thank you. That's so awesome. Yes. Thank you all the GCW plants out there, all the GCW fans. Um, please, like I said, spread the word. If you're liking the podcast, let your friends know. Uh, we want to get more people on this uh, GCW train. More people got to experience the greatness that is GCW wrestling. Um, that's it for me. You could catch me at Mystical Jericho on social media. Like I always say, you could probably type in GCW Plant Podcast and it'll show up right there next to my name. Uh, John, they could find you at John J. Wolf. Is that correct on Twitter? Yeah, John J. Wolf, uh, JJW at twitter.com. Awesome. Or you can find me at Twitter. <laughs> it's been a long, long day. Yes. <laughs> well, we appreciate you all listening. I appreciate you, John, hanging out, talking some more GCW with us. And that is it for us today. GCW episode seven in the books. And we will be coming at you with eight and nine this week. Yeah. Very busy week coming up. And then we will be all on track and be going with GCW's crazy schedule. And we will be on track with that schedule as well. For myself, John, this is the GCW plant podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. And you guys have yourselves a good night. Bye-bye.